0: Down miffed to dunk. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. Yeah, that's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved.
1: Oh, my... <laughs> miffed and peeved. I, I
0: know it. I know it. it's a real one. It's a real one. It's a real one. I don't use it, but it's Not real. in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, we've got my good friend, Michele Vera, who is at Summer League, currently in the Thomas & Mac. You're going to hear the sounds of the arena currently, but Michele, how's it going?
1: It's going great. I'm currently watching, sort of watching the... End of Rockets Warriors.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: here in Thomas and Mack. Conference Finals. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a close game. Wow, <laughs> not, not like Game Seven, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> the real Game Seven. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: it's so let's let's first talk Summer League. Let's get into it. So the Thunder have played two games. Uh, they played uh, Friday against Charlotte. And they lost by one, which no one really cares about the results of these things.
1: Mm -hmm. And kind of the The Malik Monk Monk game.
0: Right. And this was also Rashawn Thomas, Dakari Johnson's show. Like they both, Rashawn Thomas took 16 shots that night, Dakari 14. (laughs) I mean, just looking at the box score and watching some of it, it was kind of a blah game to me. Because like, Rashawn Thomas is kind of fun. But I just don't know that he's skilled enough to be able to play in the NBA. Like he's just, he's a, he's a man and he hustles, but I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of him. I'm, as you guys know, I'm not a huge Dakari guy either. Um, so it wasn't a a super interesting game for me. Like Hervey is maybe the most interesting guy in that game to me, but, uh, let's talk about last night where you have a guy that. You think like wow like he's got more skill than I thought and it's Hamadou Diallo he had let me pull up the box score on my phone because it's weird because he doesn't show up on the box scores on your on the computer but on the NBA app it does show up so I think he
1: had 22
0: right 22 22 two for, yeah go ahead
1: yeah no two two, two for two uh, on three point that is what I remember um, by heart and then he had like how many? 11 shots? 13 shots? I don't remember the exact number.
0: The, the point is, like, even outside of the scoring, he did some things that yeah. were... Wait a minute. Like, he had a nice dump-off pass after a drive. Just him driving. Exactly. In
1: transition. Yeah. yeah. Him driving so in general. Yeah. His
0: handle. He brought the ball up the court a couple of times. So I was like, huh. Like that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, he finished 19 points, 8 rebounds, an assist, 2 steals, and he was two of two from three, but he he was impressive. He had on eleven shots, 19 points on eleven shots, and he's not gonna like this dude isn't gonna score every night, but seeing him do the little things for me, that was impressive. like somebody just blowing up with a scoring game in Summer League doesn't really mean all that much to me, but being able to see some of the little things mm-hmm. from him, his ball handling, just the the shot mechanic itself. I was just like, huh, Mm -hmm. like this guy's really interesting. Like I thought from a from an athletic standpoint, I thought we're getting we're getting a crazy athlete. And he showed that too. He had a dunk that was just this is sports center top ten type of dunk he had in this game. And that's something that like we I expect that from him. That's what he did in college. He's a crazy athlete. But what he showed yesterday and he may be the only time he has a good summer league game so i don't want to like completely overreact to it but he's showing flashes of a guy that's that could be a rotation type player in the nba at some point in his career
1: yeah no my 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 main takes on summer leagues in summer league games are on the little things uh i don't buy into the shot yet um i don't buy into uh, intangibles yet because you, you cannot really after, uh, this small of a sample size. And uh, now you will hear like a crazy cheer probably. Um, well, he missed a way, way, way wide open dunk. Uh, anyway, so, uh, back to Diallo. Um, I think him, him, him being able to be consistent on a few stuff, like the shots that he took were consistent in terms of, um, the, 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 the spot where he took them. was the perfect spot for him to be. Um, He jumped up and down in the same position. Mm -hmm. The mechanics was kind of compact. Um, And then uh, defensive rebounding. With that kind of athleticism, you really want him to be able to put that athleticism into basketball. And yesterday, I think he was able to use it to grab contested rebounds, mm-hmm. which is something that for a guard is always extremely useful. And sometimes even the grab and go, like he, he jumps crazy high uh, for a rebounds and he doesn't pass the ball, he just dribbles and he also delivers. So these things are really encouraging. Yeah. Uh, again, the shot will probably come in and go and, uh, and stuff like that. But I mean, these signs are interesting, very interesting.
0: Yeah, he he's just overall, he's a super interesting guy. Uh, he's got the tools. He's kind of a Thunder player. Uh, he's got crazy athleticism. He's got the pedigree. He's a five-star recruit out of high school. And those are like two things that the Thunder mm-hmm. typically look for. And can they develop him into a basketball player? And, you know, that remains to be seen. But this coaching staff, I think you should be encouraged because what, what we've seen so far, and I know a lot of people are a little bit down on Ferguson and what he's been able to do so far in the summer league, but what they did with Ferguson and with Jeremy mm-hmm. grant over this past season, like they took these raw athletes and they were, they, I felt like they just found like, here are the things that you do well. Let's make sure that we get really good at them. And so I feel like they could do yeah. the same for Diallo. And I think Hervey kind of fits that mold as well. I really kind of liked what I saw from, from Devin Hall as you know, in that past, in that last game too.
1: Yeah. The, Defensively, like, like, I would, I was really interested about, um, his movement on defense. Yeah. Like, the way he moves his feet, the way he, um, he battles on screens. These are the things that for him will be crucial. Yeah. Like, because, like, it's easy to buy into his shot. Like, he's, uh, he's lefty. He's very good, uh, at, like, finding, um, angles in screens. The, the most important stuff for him is, Finding ways to be effective on defense. Yep. And I thought that his first game, especially the first one where he, he had to uh, fi- like to, to follow Makura on screens and, and for a few times also Monk, he was, he was consistent. So I, I really like that.
0: Yeah, he, he just has some fight in him. And if he's hitting shots, like he could be super mm-hmm. effective. And I like yep. Devin Hall. I think that was a good pick. I don't know if he'll work out in the NBA just because the level of competition is so different than what we're seeing now, but he's showing kind of the right kind of flashes for a guy at least to be on the end of the bench. And people ask the question, like, how many of these guys are going to end up on the team? And like, I kind of look at all of them. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like all of them. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like all the picks that they made in this draft. <laughs> and they seem to all fit. With yeah. the direction that this team is going, and that direction is they're going to play defense, and they're going to be crazy athletic. And Devin Hall doesn't fit like the crazy athletic, but he's he's a guy that at least shows some tenacity and some shot making enough, yeah. Um, yeah. enough in a system to play fast. And obviously, Hervey. Hervey is huge. He is a massive wing.
1: Yeah, yeah he's yeah, I was, like, courtside yesterday um, in the Cox Pavilion. Hey, he's, like, he's huge. Like, he's enormous human being. And if his knees are okay, I mean, that guy has a physical profile. I think that in terms of um, who's making the roster and who's not, yeah. I think he he's the third in in the packing order for me yeah. Um, because I think that he's kind of rusty in his way of playing basketball so I think he's he's the one that benefits more of a huge playing time so D-League assignment maybe a two-way contract the second one but for the other two I think it's almost a done deal that they will take uh, spot number 14 and 15 on the on the Thunder roster because Thunder wants to be cheap in terms of well not not cheap but they they will try to save money on the spots and for Diallo and Hall, I think practicing every day with the team is much more important than uh, for, for like for Herbie. Yeah. And so I, I really think that both will will, uh, will take a roster spot. Hopefully, Daniel Hamilton will not take a roster <laughs> spot because oh I gosh. to me <laughs> like like I don't know. Uh, I, I watched him closely last year in summer league, and I see the same player.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And. He, I I, I I don't like it very much.
0: He's like a jack of all trades, master of none player. Like he he's I just yeah. I just don't see it with him. He's just not great at anything. Like he's okay at a lot of things. And I feel like to make the NBA, if you're gonna be a role type of player, like you have to be excellent at one thing. Like Diallo is an excellent yeah. athlete and that's his that's what he has to offer. And he has the potential to be a lot of different things. Uh, Hall can shoot the ball and he can be a decent defender. That's what he can do at the NBA level. It's great. We can peg him as those things. Daniel Hamilton tries to handle the ball. He tries to be a point guard. He has to drive too much. He throws the ball away. He takes dumb shots. I just I just don't know what he does that's exceptional. And Hervey, he's got the exceptional size and the, exactly. the ability to maybe hit a corner three. And if you can do that, great. Like You can come and play in the NBA. But Hamilton... And same for PJ Dozier. Like, I don't know what you think about him. Like, both those guys I look at and it's like, man, they can. They both are, like, pretty skilled guys. But I just don't know what either of them do that's, like, good. Like, what is, like, really good about well, either of them?
1: I think that Dozier, actually, uh, now that I, I completely uh, forgot to put him in the conversation. Um, like, between Hall and Dozier, probably one of the two will make the roster. Yeah. I think that Dozier has a case because, I mean, he is... Development from a physical point of view has been huge uh, during the season. He's much more bigger mm-hmm. uh, than last season, and it seems that he worked a lot on the, on his shot. Like if the like if inside like meet like inside the practices and stuff like that, he's shown to, to have like some kind of rhythm, especially from the corner. I think that having like a third third string point guard uh, on a very very cheap deal could make sense. I don't know. Um, it, to me, Hamilton has, like, like if, if you want to, to, to fight for a roster spot, like, after a two-way, you know that your chances are kind of on the way down. He never played one possession of defense in two games. Yeah. Like, how can you, like, the Thunder put effort, emphasis, and and also like a lot of resources in terms of coaching, in terms of uh, developing time in defense. So, like, if it's your chance to ta- to make a roster, like, how can you not play defense like for like forty minutes? Yeah, that to me is is uh, tells you something. Like, maybe that that's not the the way it should go for him. Sure. And and again, in Europe, that guy if if he plays for a European coach that has time and patience to to mold him into a jack of all trade without the Master of None thing. I think he, he can be very successful. Uh, because again, he can do everything. Mm-hmm. And you can put him in any lineup and he probably finds something to do. But to play for the Thunder, I don't think I don't think now I, I saw enough for him from him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe you're right about Dozier. Maybe I'm being too hard on him. Because uh, he is I mean, if he is going to be a point guard in the NBA, like he's big. He's a big guy. And m- maybe that's the advantage that you gain is that he's athletic, he's big, and he can probably slide into a couple different positions. And if he can hit a corner three, then you're talking about like a guy that could be useful down the line. And so the Thunder now have one more two-way spot to use. They gave their first spot to Deontay Burton. He played for Iowa State. Yeah. Uh, he's he's also a kind of similar to these guys, and it's kind of interesting that the Thunder are targeting these type of dudes to see who is going to make it. And they're getting these guys that can have that have point guard like qualities in wing kind of bodies that can kind of that can pass it and that can maybe have the ability to shoot it a little bit and kind of do everything and see if any of them work out. And Deontay Burton is that, and he is a thick. Thick daddy at the point guard position yeah. He's 250 he's a, just a big Thick dude uh, Yesterday He had 13 points On 8 shots He hit a 3 uh, He had 2 assists um, A steal a block 3 rebounds Like he, he had a decent stat line last night But uh, what, uh-huh. are, what are your thoughts On that signing And of him as a player
1: Well I, I thought I thought it, uh, it's um, it's kind of a different signing. I, I don't want to say anything bad because, like, the the physical profile is weird. Like, he's a crazy good athlete yeah. for the size and the weight. Right. Uh, set, like, six, five, uh, seven feet of wingspan. Uh, it's really a four, like a, a point four yeah. with point guard skills, uh, so, so shot. Very, very high IQ. I don't know if if he can play a role on the NBA, um, but it's. I think it's the Thunder saying, "Let's find out." Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy that can, that with with a very high IQ, you can tell immediately. He's serving the floor uh, with the ball in his hand every time. He's looking for cuts. He's looking for others. So those things are valuable in, in today's NBA. Uh, the shot again. I have to. I have to go back and see clips because for what I saw, the mechanic is kind of. It's not smooth, so I would. I wouldn't um, compromise myself into saying it's good or not. Um, but again, he has his skills. He, he plays tough, and so I mean, you have a D League team that probably needs needs guys like that, and you take a closer look. That's. That's smart thinking. Again, I don't know which position he will play in the NBA, if he will uh, someday. But it's interesting to find out.
0: Yeah, it it was kind of a, I don't know, I was kind of blindsided by it. Like, I didn't expect him to get a deal just right out the gate. Uh, But he's 6'5". He's got that 7-foot wingspan like you talked about. Uh, In college, he shot 37% from three, which may or may not mean something. But he's
1: What's the percentage from the free throw line?
0: Yeah, he shot 67% In his junior year Or I guess his senior year He's a four year guy His senior year um, at Iowa State So 37% from three 67% from the free throw line He's actually a career 40% from three in college He played at Marquette two years And then Iowa State two years And he shot pretty well Uh, I don't know what the attempts are The attempts are low so yeah, that's, see, that's, that's a yeah. that's a misconception. His last year in Iowa State, he did take he took a lot of threes in his senior year, but his first three yeah. years, he took like fifty threes.
1: Yeah, see, the, the sample size is low, and the Frito all, always are um, gives you a pause because if you are below a certain percentage, it can it can go either way. Yeah, again, uh, it's it's pointless to discuss it now we'll see but counted to, like he can have a shot and so six five seven feet of uh, wingspan probably can trim say 10 15 pounds and be a uh, slimmer mm-hmm. and then who knows maybe he can become like a player that, that plays the two and the three uh, because it's quick enough and he's bigger so he can he can create matchup problem uh, in the post. And maybe he can guard like multiple positions and you have a smart player that can shoot it and can guard multiple positions. You have an NBA player there. Who knows?
0: Yeah, he's kind of like if you were to envision him as an NBA player and maybe we're going too much into into Deontay Burton, which which is totally possible. But if you were to envision him as an NBA player, I think like the first thing that you would say is that he is a switchable defender. And that he's a guy that if you're in a switch heavy defense, which the Thunder are, he's perfect because he has the strength and the frame to defend almost anyone because he does have that wingspan. And so you're talking about a six foot five guy, 250, 260 that can, you know, switch onto point guards, play against small ball centers and things like that. So you're talking about a guy that is versatile and that's what the Thunder are looking for. I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. You've got to go to Andy's Frozen Custard. It's hot outside. It's summertime. What do you need? You need something to cool down. And what better to cool down with than Andy's Frozen Custard? It's made fresh hour by hour. You can watch it through the window. It's amazing. The Frozen Custard is just so, so good. Go there today. Many locations in Oklahoma City. All across Texas, Missouri, many other states. Many of you have already been and you know. You've got to go get the Blackberry Concrete. It is still available and it's still amazing. If you're not in the mood for blackberries, all kinds of concretes there. Chocolate chip. I like a mint chocolate chip one. You can get a banana split. You can even just get the frozen custard on a cone. And it's just as good that way too. Go check out Andy's and custard and support the people that support down to dunk. And if you just look at their draft picks, like I said, you look at their roster overall, they want versatility. They want guys that can switch all over. That's why they gave Jeremy Grant the contract that they did. That's why they kept Robertson yep. at the contract that they did for him as well, because they want versatility. And this can kind of segue into our Carmelo Anthony conversation is that this past year, the Thunder really struggled to find an identity as to, like, what are we as a team? And when it came down to it, it was we have Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George, and we have those three guys, and let's see what happens. That was their identity. And that's how they played every night. And it was a kind of it's Russell's turn, it's Melo's turn. Oh, you know, here's Paul, like, don't forget about Melo, and let's throw him the ball, and let's let him post up a couple of times, and let's, like, what are we doing here? And I think that you saw the Thunders, like, what, they, what they wanted their identity to be in the playoffs when Mello was on the bench. And you had Jeremy Grant out there with Steven Adams, with Russell, and I whatever wing they put out there, probably Corey Brewer. But if you had Robertson out there, that's like what they're looking for. They want guys to be able to move around. They want to play fast. They want to have a switch-heavy defense. They want to have a defense that just locks you down. And then you can run it down their throat on the other end. And, you know, with the news that Melo wants out, I think that they can go full in on that type of identity as a basketball team. We're going to be a top three defense in the NBA. We have two fantastic scores and we're going to try to put enough shooting around these guys till we can have a top 10 offense and a top three defense. And we're going to be one of the best teams in the NBA. And that's going to be our identity. And, I know a lot of people want to pump the brakes on this being an addition by subtraction type of deal and that Mello scored 16 points a game. He did all these things for us. And, you know, to me, I just think that it is going to be because I think he complicated what the identity of this team would be. I think he raised the ceiling of this team, but lowered the floor for them. And we didn't know what we were going to get whenever they traded for him. They had hopes that maybe he would raise the ceiling enough to push them to the conference finals. But the truth is he lowered the floor enough for them to lose in the first round. And so I I just think that the thunder can get back on track, even if they don't get anything out of this deal. I've mentioned a Miami trade. Everyone talks about Kent Baysmore being a trade candidate, but the truth is the thunder may come out of this deal with nothing except for tax savings. And that's disappointing, but to me, I still think that this is an addition by subtraction type of deal. I don't. I don't. Where do you stand on that?
1: So um, first, before I forget uh, about this, um, I was talking yesterday with Brett Dawson about possible candidates, yeah. and I and I thought, why not George Hill? Like yeah. I know that probably you need to add something. Because you're you're asking Cleveland, you're asking Cleveland to to get on like seven millions. Well, not seven, uh, five millions. Because George Hill has 20 this season and two guaranteed next season, uh, so it's 22. And Melo has 20, almost 28. So six millions. So you likely have to sweeten the pills with something, um, either an heavy protected first rounder or two seconds or even cash considerations, because uh, like Cleveland will likely be under the tax. And so you can even pay the most you can in, in, uh, in, uh, in cash considerations, maybe a pick, um, that maybe a couple of second rounders, and you, and you get it done. And in this way, you upgrade a position that you don't really need because it's a point guard, shooting guard, and you have guys there. But George Hill is a player that has experience in playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you can get a deal like that, where you don't compromise next year, you pay anyway to download to uh, to unload Melo, but not as much as if you have to clear 10 millions or seven or 17 millions like you do with Chicago. I think that's the way you want to go at it, and yeah. without compromising the future. And George Hill is a guy that maybe next year you can get for the uh, taxpayer MLE yeah. or like the mini like portion of the of the mid-level exception without again compromising your future. He's a culture guy, he's a Spurs guy. So I would look into those deals
0: um And he fits the mold of what, what I was talking about. Defensive-minded guy, he can play in a fast. He can shoot threes. He can shoot threes. Play yeah. off the ball. He's in a faster offense. Exactly. He can make plays. Exactly. And he can play next to Russell. He was always a guy that we thought if we could get George yeah. Hill here, like he could play next to Russell. Yeah. He could be that fifth and guy. And to be
1: honest, and to be completely honest, like I love Alex Sabrina's. I I I stood in his corner for like. Two seasons, yeah. basically, uh, even before it was coming to OKC. Uh, but if you can do this deal, uh, you you go and trade Carmelo, Alex, and uh, and uh, Singler, Alex and Singler to some team, um, a couple of second rounders, and you get, get just George Hill back. Yeah, I think the Thunder are a better team, like because George George Hill is reliable when healthy. Uh, he can play decent defense, and you lower your tax uh, situations. You have Basically, space next year to use the uh, all the exceptions uh, like the, um, the the biannual and the and the, the mini MLE. So those deals are there to me. And so I mean, uh, I would I would look into those into those before stretching and before going into uh, next year commitment, which I think become dice- becomes dicey. Yeah. You do it for a very good player like Kevin Love. You do it 100%. Uh, if I were uh, front office. but for a base more I don't know. It gives me a pause. On the addition by subtraction thing, um, I think that two things can can go well uh, if Melo is not here. If Patrick Patterson for uh, like becomes again the player that we thought he could be, he takes like five to seven shots instead of two three shots. Yeah. And he can move the ball with the first unit. I'm not sold on having Jeremy Grant as a starter. I think Mm -hmm. he has great value as a closer. But I think his value is like I come in um, when the game is already started. I can um, boost the defense as soon as I'm on the floor. But to defeat with Patterson uh, and Adams, to me, is the best. Like Because you have a guy that can do central stuff or, or can be simply parked in the corner. And it will take away one man uh, for for the defense because you have to stay close to him because his mechanics is fast enough from the corners. So you have a very high IQ guy uh, that is unselfish, that can move the ball quickly. That, to me, is the identity that OKC needs to have, like yep. quick decisions, uh, transitions, heavy transition team, a lot of shots directly from the pick and roll. And Patterson is perfect for that. You need defense. You need a boost from the from the defensive side as soon as, uh, for example, Robertson goes on the on the bench. Then you put in Jeremy, and he can play like two, three roles. No matter like, no matter what which game you are in, you you can find use for him, and you can even close with that lineup mm-hmm. because you 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 straighten the defense, and I mean you have an identity right there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and putting Jeremy in the starting lineup gets exciting because you have this crazy defensive lineup, but it also takes away the thing that Jeremy did really well last year, and that's beat up on opposing backup big men. Jeremy Grant killed backup centers because they were slow and he could drive past them and get to the rim. And with Noel there, you, you have to wonder kind of what that looks like, but still like playing against backups, I think is more favorable to Jeremy Grant and he can continue to be that like six man type of scorer guy. Which he he was at the end of the season. He was getting to the free throw line like a ton every game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like to like Patterson's credit, he shot thirty nine percent from the corners last year. And then like you know what, do you remember what Mello shot from the corners last year?
1: I don't remember hard. I, I don't think it was bad.
0: Thirty two problem
1: is the number of was that bad? Thirty Really? Mm-hmm. I thought like 35, uh, which was still bad. But the issue was also the number of the attempts. Right. Like how many times Melo was okay staying on the corner and take out a man um, from from the middle area?
0: I'll, t- like, I'll tell you. tell you
1: stand, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you.
0: I have the number in front of me. So Patterson oh, tell me, please. 43% of his three-point shots from the corner. Great. Wonderful. Shot 39%. Sweet. That's the role that we want from a power forward. Carmelo Anthony, 11% of his three point shots came from the corner and he shot 32% yep. on them. Like that's kind of where you want your spacing. And that's if you want to stretch four. like, that's kind of where you want them. And he took a lot of them from the top of the key. Like I get that. Um, and I don't want to just bash mellow on his way out. Like I, I thought that he was super fun to have in the locker room. I thought that he did have some good games But the the fact is that I tweeted this out that he played 86 games for the Thunder and in 43 or 84 games for the Thunder and in 43 games, his shot total was either greater than or equal to the number of points that he had. And so it it
1: was just inefficient, inefficient. He was very, you point out the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You point out the 11% of corner trees, the, of, of, uh, yeah, of corner trees among trees. Like, Patterson took almost threes. So this is really the 40% of his shots. Like, Melo takes, um, if I remember correctly, 60% of his shots are threes. So that number is even less. Like, probably 7% of Melo's offense were corner threes. Mm -hmm. Whereas Patterson is at 40%, which is, again, exactly what you need from a power forward that can move the ball. Like, the the thing that... uh, that, it, that it's good with Patterson is that if Russ makes a pass and like a pass to the wing, the ball doesn't stick with, with too bad. Mm-hmm. He will move it. And that's, that's important because Russ is not like a, like a ball mover himself. Yeah. Paul George is not a ball mover. Robertson can be a ball mover. Adams can be a ball mover. Patterson can be a ball mover. And so if you can create that identity with two superstars that can create you a good shot and you have good shooters and good defenders across your rotation, that is, a, I think, a good way to build up a roster. And you can make up to the sixteen inefficient 16 points that Melo uh, scored last season. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Patterson took 64% of his shots from three last year.
1: Oh, just 64. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought more.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I thought so too. But um, still, like, that's a good number. You want, that's what you want from that position. The Thunder don't need a lot from that position. And I think the Thunder can find ways to score. I think they can get shots to Steven Adams that he needs. I feel like he needs more touches. There were a lot of games where I just yeah. felt like, man, Stephen Steven even touch the ball today? Like he, He's easily our third best player, and he's just not even touching the ball. Patterson will get more shots. Uh, Abrinas, if he's here, will get more shots. I think that Terrence Ferguson, when he gets minutes and i know people again people have been disappointed by him in summer league i think that he'll get open shots with the thunder and he will go back into that role and i think that he is a play finisher and that's okay it's okay if he's a play finisher and not a play creator the thunder don't need a ton of play creators at this point uh they will have they have two guys in the starting unit and then they will likely stagger them and you'll have ray felton who can still create as well And then you have ball movers like you talked about. And Jeremy Grant, who can create his own shot and get to the free throw line. It's like they have guys, but they just need to make sure that they fit in that identity. And that's where, like Kevin Love, that would be incredible if they could get him. But I also kind of think, I don't know if he quite fits that direction that they're heading in. And, of course, you don't want to turn down the talent if you can flip – mellow and ferguson and a future first round pick and albrinus or whatever else to get him like you just can't turn down that talent but i also just wonder does he fit that identity that i talked about earlier and i tend to just say like he's a best case scenario mellow you know he's gonna shoot more threes he's gonna move the ball better that is one um that is two and so He's, he's going to be able will defend the same way. He will, and he will be a guy that at the end of the day, if you're playing the Rockets, or if you're playing the Warriors in the playoffs, you have to say, Kevin Love, I'm sitting on the bench. Now, how does he feel about that? I don't know how he feels about that. And again, you're going to have kind of the same issues. But with the players they have now, Patterson has no issue with sitting on the bench. He did it all last season. <laughs> like I just, yeah. and I feel bad for him because he missed out the most. And maybe I'm overhyping Patterson at this point. But I just feel like he was so perfect, and I just, I just can't stop thinking about, when I think about Patrick Patterson, I can't stop thinking about the game in Golden State where Mello rolled his ankle in the first two minutes after he took, like, six shots. And then yep. he went out of the game, and here comes Patrick Patterson. And what did he do? He played incredible defense. He moved the ball. He took open shots, and the offense was free-flowing, and everything felt really easy. And that's where yeah. I think When I think about last season Man it was a tough season It was a tough season to watch Nothing, every nothing game. came easy Nothing was easy yeah, the, nothing easy. The offense nothing. felt so like It just felt like it was so hard to score points It's so, like well we have these yeah. three Future Hall of Fame Guys who could all have a scoring title In their back pocket And why can't we score the basketball and It's just because yeah. it was such an awkward Clunky fit And I just think that and i i have a lot of love in my heart for Carmelo Anthony. Like i think the guy's incredible. He had an incredible career. He's an instant hall of famer. One of the best scorers of all time. But he completely complicated what the Thunder tried to do on the offensive end and it never really gelled and it never really fit. And i think that you see that Billy tried to make it work all season. And the same thing with for whatever reason with Samaj the season before, he tried to make it work all season. And then by season's yep. end, in the last game of the playoffs, I think you see exactly what Billy wants to do. Like, here's what here's what I wanted to do the whole season. I'm going to put it out there because this could be our very last game as a group. And what did he do? He sat mellow. That's what he did. He sat mellow whenever things mattered the most. And they almost won yep. that game. And, that's, yep. and that was how. And so that's where... Like, I don't want to completely discredit him, but I can just see this team. Like, I can just feel like everything going into this season is just going to feel so much easier. I just feel like the defense is going to be a lot better. Even if Robertson is slow to come back, I feel like the defense is going to be.
1: Yeah, that's crucial, be though. That's that's crucial. I'm really interested to see how uh, Robertson comes back. Yeah. How and when it's a huge, it's um, a huge because-
0: factor. It's a huge factor, yeah. and like you talked about, dealing away a brinus, which is a possibility. Like they might have to sweeten the pot to get rid of Melo, and to get a favorable deal um, for the Thunder. Like that's a possibility, but you have now that you have Hamadou Diallo, kind of in the waiting back there. Like I don't think you feel as bad getting rid of one of those guys, because I think that you have guys in the back that are developing, and when you have Robertson, you have Ferguson, you have a brinus, and if they're all healthy, then, like, no, somebody's not getting minutes. And you just wonder if maybe it would be better to have a guy in the back that maybe can play minutes here or there, but is really this is a development year for him, like him and Hall. Like, if either of them can actually play in the NBA and the Thunder really believe in them, then there's really not enough room for Abrinas, Ferguson, Hall, and for Diallo. Like for them all to play on this team because they're all kind of Mm -hmm. twos who really aren't big enough to switch on to threes. Like the Thunder just have a lot of twos right now. That and yeah, at the end of the day, I don't know who's the best guy out of any of those guys. Who's going to be the best two for the Thunder off the bench? I have no idea. I know that Robertson will start at the end of the day if he's healthy, but which one of those guys should or could get the most minutes? I would put Abrinas at the front of that line, but uh how sure am i of that i'm not 100% i mean i just i just think Thunder have options now and they have some some trade chips
1: yeah i mean it's it's exactly that you have wings wings are the probably the, the most desirable role where you need to have depth you have guards you have young guards and you have talent to to brew into players and i think that OKC okay, has done a very, very good thing uh, in the draft by by collecting these guys, and they will test them. They will test uh, all these guys, and I think that Abrinas and Ferguson has a real chan- have a real chance uh, to make this season count. Yeah. For both of them, because like Alex had a lot of chances last season. I don't think it was a successful season for him. He was great in the playoffs, uh, Terrence, so. He was great in the playoffs, but he could have been like the sixth man of the of the team. Yeah, like
0: yeah, he really with could his skill set. Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it could have been like Wayne Ellington plus because the, the quality of the looks that he got is 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 really great. Yeah, and so I think he could have like if you told me after the season that he had like he shot forty five percent, I said yes, that that could have been, could have been possible um, because he got like great looks. But yeah, I mean the situation wasn't the easiest, and so we'll see we'll see next season. I think I think they have a, ch- a real chance uh to be an interesting uh rotations from from the guard position and yeah I'm really interested to see how it goes.
0: Yes, uh a couple of stats on those two from the corner. Do you do you have remember what Ferguson shot in the corners last year? No, tell me. Forty almost forty three percent.
1: Yeah, that's 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 good. Abrina- and I think in the second part of the season it could be closer to fifteen.
0: Yeah, I need to look that up. Abrina's thirty seven, which is eh.
1: Yeah that- that, no that's not okay. I mean no. it's it's below is is uh, like is he shot like 39 point stuff uh from 3D season. So no. He has to shoot like 45 from the corners.
0: Right. And he can. <laughs> he has, and he can. He has yeah, that yeah. in him. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. He has that in him to yeah, do yeah. it. Uh I'm going to let you go back to Summer League but thanks for taking the time away. Now uh, you guys can hear it you guys have probably heard the sounds of Summer League uh, in the background. So uh, I just want to thank Michele for taking the time. It's busy there. Michele is uh, making some connections with lots of awesome people uh, that are there, yeah. with you know, front office people and with all sorts of important NBA people. So it's it's pretty cool. And we appreciate you taking some time out to, to do a podcast with us.
1: Yeah, no, my pleasure. And Andrew, I mean, how, how good is Jaron Jackson and how good is Wendell
0: Carter? Oh my gosh. I mean, Wendell Carter those, is awesome. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, he played awesomely. Dude. Like, like everything you could ask for, from a rookie. He, if he if he translates like seventy percent of what what I, I saw in his game here to the regular season, oh boy, Chicago did a wonderful pick mm-hmm. and Memphis as well. I mean, those two are will be like interesting prospect to to look into next season. Right?
0: They can like those big guys can do everything, and they're going to be great on the defensive end in the NBA. Yeah, and that's where the yeah. first two picks, you're kind of like, oh no, like I don't know, like I like they're like they could probably be pretty good, but I'm if I'm a fan of the Suns or the Kings, like I'm a little bit scared about.
1: you're, you're nervous. I'm you're, nervous. To me, I'm giving you this, and then and then and then I go. Uh, you have Aiton is like seven one, two sixty to seventy. I don't know how how much it weights. Something like that. Like, he's a huge human being. You have to use that body. Like, you have to murder people uh, down there with your body. Mm -hmm. He's stronger than anyone here. Like, I want to see that. I want to see him, like, taking the ball and dunking on people. Mm -hmm. With, like, with 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 fury. Like, this is what you expect from a body like that. Until I see that, those guys give give me a pause. Like, I want to see that particular um, use of a body. Otherwise, you're not 267.1.
0: Right. Yeah, you're not Shaq. Like Shaq, a lot of people like to dismiss Shaq because like, oh, he's huge, like whatever. Like he could just push people out of the way. But pushing people out of the way and dunking on people, like that's a skill. Like that's something not a lot of guys have. And so like don't dismiss it because we have guys that have that body Mm. and they can't and they don't do it. So, anyways, yeah. I'll let you go. You have
1: to use your physicality, we could yeah. we
0: could talk forever, but I'll let you go back. Uh, <laughs> back to summer league. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow Michele on Twitter at Mikey Barra. He'll be live tweeting some summer league stuff, certainly some Thunder stuff. So be sure you're following him. Follow us at Down to Dunk. You can follow me at Andrew K Schlecht. We are so so close to five hundred five star iTunes reviews. And I love arbitrary numbers. And so if you like our podcast, uh, you can do this for us. It's a free way to support our show. Uh, You guys are just the best. Hope you guys have a great Monday. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.